Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. trade to announce Christian Wolanin has been traded from Ottawa to LA in exchange for Mike Amadio. Immediate thoughts on the trade, Jimmy? Uh, immediate thoughts? Uh, man, um, well, there was definitely a trade. Uh, two people, there were two players and one was moved from one team to the other. And uh, yeah, I don't know anything about these players, but uh, I'm sure that's a good hockey trade. I'm going to wait for you to say something because you definitely know much more than I do on this. Oh, a good old one, old-fashioned one for one trade in my books, you know. Yeah. Defenseman going for forward, you know, it's it's a it's, you know, it's a good trade for both teams, I say. It's definitely a trade. It's definitely a trade. Wasn't Wolanin, am I wrong that Wolanin was on waivers just before this? Yes, he was. <laughs> I'm guessing maybe I guess it's one of those situations where, you know, a guy goes through waivers, there's a little more value added to him. Uh, I, I know Amadio, uh, you know, I'm going to pull up his stats. I, I do, he's been in L.A. for a little while. I know it's a name I've heard for a few seasons. Uh, at the same time, he's just one of those guys that, you know, I, I feel that if you're not a Kings fan, you probably don't know about the guy um, too much at all. But, uh, no, he's been there a little while. Um, Willannon his, am I wrong? Was Willannon a, was he a prospect that was supposed to be something? I dude, I have no idea. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> just guys, and it's not to you know nothing against them. Obviously, they're NHL players, but uh, you know, as a casual, they're um, in the top not casual fan. But if someone, oh, uh, what's that? They're sorry, they're in the one top one percent of hockey players in the world. So they're a little bit better than I am, just a tiny bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they are kind of those guys who you know, unless you 
really follow the team, you probably don't know too much about them. Or uh, you probably know about them if you're a Kings fan or if you're like an NHL analyst or you know way, way too much about hockey, which I am on the verge of clearly not enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seems like Amadio, uh, I, he just kind of seems like a guy. Um, not really sure uh, what there is to say there. Um, I, I haven't really heard much notable about the, you know, about the guy. He really hasn't stood out in any games I've watched uh, with the Hawks or anything. But, uh, I mean, clearly there's something Ottawa sees in him. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> it's it's one of the situations where I'm thinking, you know, you maybe like a team like the Pens trades for someone, and I go, okay, well, you know, they're a team that's looking to contend, and they they're grabbing a guy, and clearly they see they may you know, they see something in him, and you know, clearly this team's not just going to add somebody to add somebody, but uh. It's Ottawa. I mean, it just kind of it sort of feels like uh, you know just a like you said a simple hockey trade, but not really too much there. I did see something there. I believe if I pull cap friendly here, I believe one of them is one of them possibly uh, Seattle bait. I have no idea. I honestly, I just wanted to start this off as like kind of a meme, and the fact that we've got this much mileage out of it. Uh, kudos to you, man. I love how you dug, dug, dug into this, but <laughs> do you, hey, you want to know the exciting questions? Christian Willanen for Michael Amadio. Okay, Christian Willanen must play in 13 more NHL games this season in order to retain his RFA status at expiry. Otherwise, he'll be a UFA Group Six at the end of the season. Uh, I mean. Um, you want to know why I know Mike Amadio? How's that? Because I remember he scored one goal against the Blackhawks, and I tweeted out, who the hell is Mike Armadillo? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the only reason why I know him. Which I, I think aids more to the point, yeah. It's it's a <laughs> hockey trade, you know what? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a trade. So, uh, I... As someone said here in the uh, the only quote tweet of uh, Cap Friendly, so the tweet I just read there by Cap Friendly, um, it's going to be great when uh, Christian Willanding goes off and wins the Norris at the end of this year. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Speaking um, of uh, defensemen who were on waivers earlier on, uh, Shane Gossespear just got put on waivers today by the Philadelphia Flyers. And, just about to mention it, yeah. Yeah, and Philadelphia, man, they are not doing well this year. and. <laughs> Everyone thought they were going to take a big step after last year because they um, did. They had a. They were like one of the hottest teams before the the pandemic, like before the pause before the pandemic, and they were one game away from going to the conference final in the bubble. They lost to the New York Islanders, which, by the way, the New York Islanders are like a legitimate juggernaut this year, as Chris Johnson would say. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're, they're just not off to a good start this year. I don't know what it is. Carter Hart's not playing well. And I don't know if you saw that that tweet from that Philadelphia beat writer where it's oh, like boy. he... Oh, man. Or it was yeah. that's, uh, that's not good journalism. No, it's not. It's not good journalism, I know. Um, but I am not. I feel bad. Um, well, I, I want to get to the gossip spare thing first because it's very. He's an interesting case, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he had that great, great rookie season. He's just one of those guys who, you know, started off really strong in his career and just hasn't ever gotten back to that. Uh, gotten back to that level. He was in the Calder. He was a nominee for the Calder alongside of Artemi Panarin Artemi and Connor McDavid. That's not nothing. 
that wouldn't be that wasn't easy to do that year either. No, he he went on a hot streak, and I believe they they made the playoffs that year. I think it was one of those years where, uh, you know, they they make the playoffs and not really, you know, I think they played. Oh gosh, wasn't it the Capitals that year? Yeah, they yeah. lost to Washington in like six games. And you remember Michael Neuvirth? I think he had two games where he just stood on his head, and that's the only reason why it wasn't a sweep. And I also believe one of those games is where they were throwing bracelets on the ice. I think it was. And, like, and Ovechkin and Simmons were like both telling them, like, like signaling the fans to stop it. Okay. How I know that, I don't know, but uh, I can't even remember what I did uh, this morning. But I remember that. You're but, forgetting yeah. the one thing that I feel like this is the one thing that I remember off the top of my head because you just refreshed my memory on all. Oh of that. wait, wait, I think Jason Chimera center ice against Steve Mason. Yeah, 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 I knew it as soon as like. You brought that up. I'm like, yeah, that's it's gonna be that. Like, I, I don't even think it was. In, I think it was in like the the capital zone. Like, it was really bad. But... No, it was right before the center line. Like, I've seen this oh. one so many times. I remember seeing it live and just. Uh, I think my family was talking, and I'm I, I'm watching the game, and I just scream, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Jason Chimera on Mason. How about that? Eh? How about that for yeah. a throwback? Last one. This is. It was one of those goals that I. Uh, you see it live, and you I. Uh, you get to tell people, yeah, I saw that one live. It was, uh, that was, I'm surprised it's not talk or that it's not on highlight, uh, well, low light reels more because that was, uh, that was probably the closest thing I've seen to, uh, the Vesatoskola yeah. goal. Vesatoskola, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's the goal. It's McDonough in 2014 and, or 2015, 2014 or 15, I'm not sure, but it's, it's those two. And Vesa Toscala always, or Toscala McDonough Mason. Yeah, it's. Uh, what I take from this is time isn't real, and is a flat circle. It's a flat word. circle. Yeah, I've, we've been in, we've been in quarantine too long. It's been a year now, and we're coming up on a year on our first episode. We are actually actually are. a matter of fact, the first ep- or uh, one year anniversary will be April twelfth, the trade deadline. We got to do a special episode oh, for that. No kidding. Yeah, I know. Perfect how it hey, uh, worked out. Do that, that live, Thank you, COVID. live stream that we always talk about doing and never do. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's let's. I actually let's would love it. to do it. That let's set it in stone. stone. Let's let's just let's just uh, live stream the whole day so that way TSN and Sportsnet don't have to do it. Uh, just leave it to us, you know. Exactly. We're clear. We're um, clearly more qualified. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for the TSN Sportsnet show. <laughs> I remember one year on TSN, they had brought in like a couple of llamas and they just rode them around the studio. <laughs> There is no trades. No um, way. You're joking. No, you 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 have to look it up. It was like I don't even no. remember who it was, but <laughs> that's oh man, that is very NHL. Yeah, <laughs> it's it very NHL. Oh man, but just how is that it, real? It's eight hours or ten hours they have to fill. I think I don't even know like the exact that time. Is, but that is nothing against TSN when I say that. Oh, but it's it not. Just, how do you? But how it is the most NHL thing. Yeah, it is. It totally is. <laughs> I mean, when the NHL is as boring as it is, what are you supposed to do? Ride a llama, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What? Ride. Oh, <laughs> no way. Oh, this can't be real. You're looking up right now. <laughs> I'm looking up. Yeah, I'm looking at trade deadline llama. I'm pretty sure. Sure, it's like a it was a llama or a goat, one of those, you know, one of those kind of items. I'm pretty sure it was a llama, but uh, I can't find it. But you know what? That I, no way. Hold up. Yeah, this is. What am I watching? 
You're watching it right now. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we better link this. <laughs> Cast, man, this is... Send me a link and I'll try to put a link to it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta rewatch this. It's They cut to, I'm guessing this is one of like one of the crew one of the analysts and yeah. he's chasing around llamas <laughs> oh, my oh god. no pretty oh, sure this is making for uh great radio right now as they would say you're just watching uh yeah, <laughs> i just well i really hope that whoever's listening to this finds that video and he's able to watch it on something else or you know in between or anything because this is this is incredible Oh, no. That was 2015 as well. Holy man. Well, the worst thing is that uh, in that situation or this this possible situation, you talk about 2015 being boring. Uh, this is a year where there's probably not going to be anything close to where there usually is. No. And what there usually is is not very much. It's always hyped up and it ends up being uh, not very much at all with most big trades. Uh, if I recall correctly, uh, it's we usually get those big trades a day or two before the deadline and come deadline. It's uh, Ben Smith for Andrew Desjardins. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's those kinds of moves. Maybe we, we get the reverse as we, we always expect in previous years, we expect these uh, big trades coming up to trade deadline never happens, but this year we're expecting nothing. Maybe we just get a bunch of fireworks in the I, couple of days leading up to the trade deadline. I don't know. Don't pay for it, man. It's, uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty quiet. I'd say before the, uh, there's been a couple of minor trades here and there, but Christian Wallanen, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, about. for Mike Amadio and uh, can't forget uh, Eric Stahl to, uh, going to Montreal, which Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. We're, we're we haven't even talked about Philadelphia. Oh, we're, those two teams oh, played yeah, last night, and I was talking to you. Yeah. we were on. So I was on Facetime with Jimmy. And the the Sabres, this was at the time where Sabres were up 3 nothing, and I'm like, I bet money that the Flyers come back and win this somehow, some way. And they do just that. And uh, not only that, but you sent me a video of, <laughs> I forget which Sabres oh. player it was. They just <laughs> missed Tate the Thompson. open net. It was Tage Thompson. It was Tage Thompson. He's been having a rough go in there, and that does not make it any better. doesn't help that you were traded for uh, Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> it doesn't help you were traded to Buffalo. Yeah, no? yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't help being in Buffalo, but Philadelphia. At least they got like, it's their situation is more than fixable. I think they're still in, like, a fight for a playoff spot. But Buffalo, like, every time we bring up, we just bring up the fact: what the hell do we do with this team? And it seems like it seems like everyone is on the chopping block. Like even Rasmus Dahlin. And, oh, my God, I don't care what you have to give up. Dude, look at Rasmus. Like, <laughs> like take a look at Rasmus Dahlin. Because just imagine, like, if from the Blackhawks perspective, Rasmus Dahlin and Adam Bofus, like, he's still, I think, 21 years old. That's still a lot of time to get a new change of scenery. And then configure for a defenseman. Yeah. And in my opinion, that is, you're taking somebody from Buffalo. Man, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about... Uh, man, if they're 30 years old, I, I feel like I'm getting twice the player out of there than I would if he's in there. You know, like I really, I don't know. I, I was saying this to you yesterday when we were on that call. I, I really, I really feel that, um, well, I understand why NHL GMs uh, 
don't want to trade for someone in Buffalo right now. I believe that was a report um, that uh, uh, a lot of GMs are wary because of the fact that you're not seeing much effort from these players in Buffalo whatsoever. What's freaking that's Buffalo, why man? That's exactly. <laughs> Anybody anywhere that is not Buffalo is a better environment, and I bet you're going to get a better player than what was there. I mean, look at Ryan O'Reilly. Exa- I was going to say look exactly. at Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. I, uh, Taylor Hall dude, is going dude to dude lost his will to play wherever he goes. Yeah, dude lost his will to play hockey, and then he goes wins a Stanley Cup, uh, Selkie and Conn Smythe. Like, yeah. <laughs> Patrick, remember Patrick Berglund? Bad Buffalo is. Yeah, do you remember Patrick Berglund? He got traded there, and he just said fuck it. And he literally said fuck it, and he left to Sweden. He literally lit money his money on fire if i remember yeah he, he pulled a joker yeah <laughs> i was mad that's exactly what i was gonna say and i didn't want to i don't know why i was like that's just a dumb it's joke. literally it's not <laughs> exactly it's, it's not about the money it's about sending a message and that message is buffalo no one wants to play in buffalo <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah buffalo 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 you know what um, buffalo is so I've I've made I've like said multiple times I've I'm I just I'm actually I I was moving now I moved into my new house and I know this isn't exactly the same situation but when we were moving into our house we put literally everything in our living room and our house is just a mess right now which is understandable again because we moved in and it's like it's almost like looking at that is the same way as looking at Buffalo it's like what the hell do you do it's like even if you move some stuff around it feels like you do nothing it just seems like so overwhelming and so much it's and a, a, a better way to put it yeah a better way to put it would be I don't know if you ever watched Hoarders I haven't really watched it much either but oh, the, whole, I've, I've seen the it. whole premise of the show is how the fuck do you clean up this house that's just that's just filled with everything you open up a door and it's just like <laughs> and the whole room is full of like pop cans and stuff and garbage and that's what the buffalo sabers are right now it's what the hell do you do with this team i do not sorry sorry it's my bad for interrupting you there but uh oh, no, well to i say it to your point um it it's just a bunch of guys it's a bunch of pieces and i can't blame anybody for betting on this team this year it really looked like this was Maybe okay. Here's a solid chance. Okay, maybe going. not make the playoffs because they're in a tough division, but not be at the bottom of the barrel for the tenth year in a row or whatever it's been. Not tie the worst losing streak in NHL history, yeah, which I believe that. they did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did tie it, the worst losing streak in history. And <laughs> excuse me, we are talking a lot about an 18 game losing streak. By the we way, that losing streak can vote. About... What's up? I said that losing streak can vote now. It can uh, it can drink your at least here in Alberta and Canada. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's amazing about our Buffalo segment now has gone from last year was what do you think they should do? Last week it was ah oh, man this is tough and and this week it's just it just goes from it's almost bad just, to worse to it's awful. almost just finding humor in how unbelievably bad this is. And I do have to say. I feel for Buffalo Sabres. Oh, I almost feel for everyone in that organization. Like, how? what the hell do you do? I grew up a Cubs fan, and I wasn't necessarily too passionate. But when I got into that team, when I would follow that team, them, oh, the Bears right now, just miserable. Just miserable. You know, I think the Bears might be a perfect comparison. 
just a miserable organization that every year they get a piece or two or a new GM or a new coach. And well, in Chicago, unfortunately, uh, we're still with who we have, but to the point of it, they change their GM. They change their coach. It's what's the difference? Same organization, same owners, same front office. It's, it's just the same. You're just flipping, you're moving Titanic deck chairs. And this, this team, man, God, it. Let me list off this team. Jeff Skinner, who is oh that boy. not the worst contract in the NHL? Currently the worst, and it's going. You know, the worst thing is that when he goes to a team that, oh gosh, if he's able to go to a different team with that contract, which they're definitely gonna have to eat some salary, at least yeah, like I, a million or two million dollars on that contract to no, even. No, no, you're you're eating half of that. Half of that? Oh my god! Oh, so you're eating a half of that or a third. You yeah. have. How do you move that contract? Not like not taking half off of it. I mean, or they're just gonna have to take back general. an even more brutal contract. <laughs> which exactly. I don't even think. I don't even. Which I don't even think is possible because I honestly that might be the worst contract in the NHL. Listen, man. Like, yeah. Like, what do you What do you do with that contract? It, well, that's just the first name we've got. Well, let's keep going. Uh, Taylor Hall, who. <laughs> Okay, so oh, first things first. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. What pieces do you think are should stay in Buffalo? So first, okay, I think yeah. Linus, Allmark, Linus Allmark, I think, can stay there. That guy? No, no you keep Linus Allmark. He's your yeah. best piece, not named Jack Eichel, in my opinion. Well, Brad Feline is great, but Linus Allmark is your best performing piece maybe this entire year. Because he's putting up respectable numbers on that sorry-ass team. Uh, you you got to keep him, man. Unless you get a king's ransom for him, you always got to do your due diligence. But if the market's not out there for Linus Allmark, like if you're not getting enough, dude, just just keep him because he's performing well yeah. enough. He's competent. Just just keep him, man. Like oh, yeah, that's, a... the that's the thing. He's not just competent. Let me uh pull this up. I don't like, know he's he's, he's flirting with a nine twenty uh, on that on that team. I'm pretty sure. Last time I checked, I may have changed which what a shocker well yeah i was gonna say is uh, yeah <laughs> i mean hey you have anything above 900 on this team good good on you man that's yeah. impressive uh linus allmark i mean he was in the top i believe he's in the top 10 in save percentage um he is currently there oh he is currently with a 916 save percentage. that's still pretty impressive no dude. that is in my opinion that's unlike beyond impressive is that fesno worthy if like if they're if they're battling for the playoffs, is that Fesno worthy? No, if they're battling for the playoffs, that's definitely a higher number. Yeah, man. <laughs> Honestly, man, do we give him a Vezina Vez- a nomination just for being that good on a bad team? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So yeah, I think your biggest pieces right now are, and in terms of long term. Linus Olmark, Rasmus Dillon, Jack Eichel. Yeah. Those are if I'm if I'm Buffalo's GM. If I'm, I believe Kevin Adams. Yeah, I do not envy him. He has no assistant GM. He has no scouts. He has nothing to work with. I don't envy his Wait. his position right now. They still haven't found scouts. No, they. I think they have. They. I think they fired another one. I think they only have six. I believe for something like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 
fucking kidding me. I, no, I'm pretty sure they only have like six scouts, dude. It is horrible there. It's horrible. That sounds oh. like a team that would draft Jack Quinn. Yeah, and oh, poor, poor Jack Quinn, man. Like, Oh, he's great, but man, they picked him at the wrong time. Yeah, dude. Like that is not the right spot. That is not the spot he should have gone. Again, like we say, not his fault, but man. Could have had Rossi, could have had Fetty. Any one of those would have been better for even Jack Quinn, sorry, Buffalo, but. I don't envy literally anybody. Well, personally, I don't have much empathy for the owners. No, I don't. I don't. I, you. Uh, really, do I have empathy for any owners because they're all billionaires? Let's be honest, I don't care. Well, and they've been running this team for years, and they've been doing it terribly. Yeah. Oh, what's their last name? The, uh... Pagoulas? Yeah. Pagoulas, I believe, yeah. Yeah, Close. Right. Uh, yeah, it's hard to remember any name on this Buffalo team that isn't Jack Eichel or Linus Allmark. Yeah, I I don't have empathy for them, but everybody under them, man, that is a tough position to be in. That is a tough position to be in. Uh, but... Yeah, I for me it's Darlene, Michael, Old Mark. You're taking calls on everybody else. Sam and Reinhardt. not Dylan Cousins either. Dylan Cousins gonna be oh, good. Dylan, no, yeah. I, I mean honestly, like prospects, like new prospects, no. Like those, in my opinion, don't even like that doesn't count. But yeah. people who've been here about two years or more in the organization, Casey Middlestat, dude, take dude. Just, okay, that's that's something sure. I wanted to get into. Casey Middlestat, wouldn't he be a perfect bet for Chicago to make like to oh, take hands on? Dude, toss Toss like a, a fifth round, a fourth round pick. You know, that's we talk about, you know, look towards the future, you know, don't trade, uh, you know, draft capital. But this is the guy who, if you really want to take a flyer on him, he has got to be one of the lowest price flyers out there. In, in, Dude, well, you probably could get him a good for value maybe a too. Third. I don't even know if it would take like a first or second to get him. No, 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 no. I think you're, it's, a, it's a third or a fourth at this yeah. point. He, is, he has destroyed his stock the last few seasons. And I mean, he has, but he's also been in Buffalo. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, if I'm the Hawks, I'm I toss a prospect. Maybe they want to. Hey, Alec Regula, I like the player, but why not? I mean, you know? why not? If it's for Casey Middlestead, you do it. Yeah, like that's a guy. Or, who, or about know. this Chad Chris, uh, who is having surgery, <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think he's ever going to play a game no, for no, the no, Hawks. No. He's not. But does and, Buffalo want to take that? Maybe throw a fifth in there. I don't know. He was. He did play some big minutes for the Ice Hogs. Maybe you go, hey, we'll we'll take a fourth. You know, here we'll take a future, and here's a guy who can play minutes for our team, you know, our AHL team, maybe. Because yeah. who who in the hell is going to Kevin Adams and worrying that he's in power? He's not. Uh, sorry, on the topic of Chad Chris, it kind of pains me because I saw this tweet. It's like Chad Chris, I think he was drafted 45th overall in 2016. <laughs> and some of the players that were taken ahead of him were uh, Sam Gerard and Carter Hart, which, uh, I mean, Carter Hart's not having the best season and Sam Gerard is having an amazing season, but like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> He's again, that's, yeah, that's what I always go back to in my and it, but I, 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 I always say this. It's the luck of the draft. Yes, that happened. We didn't get Sam Jarrett or Carter, but we also got Alex DeBrinkett, who is uh, over point per game. So, oh, yeah. Round pick. Exactly, dude. Brandon Hagel, undrafted. Speaking of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, he was on the Sabre. <laughs> he was drafted by them. Yeah, and 
again, one thing, one thing, love a guy like him, just a guy who, regardless of the no, man, no, but he again, I'm gonna stop you there. He's not gonna be a a fraction of the player he is here. That's true, dude. If he's on Buffalo, I, you know, I, I, I know what you're getting to, and I. And any other team, any other franchise, I agree. Nah, that it's Buffalo. Buffalo. Nah. It's a Buffalo factor. Do you even want to keep a Victor Olofsson? Like, is that even a guy you really – is a young guy, but – He's been doing pretty, pretty well. Is he? Yeah. Well, oh, I don't know the exact stats, but I've heard he's been doing well. But, like, if it's not – like, because Jack Eichel – don't trade Jack Eichel, man. Like, you're, you're, you're going to lose every single trade that you do with Jack Eichel. But at least oh, with players no, 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 like no. – Let me explain to you. You're losing every trade you make if you're yes. trading – you really getting are. Connor McDavid back, which is not going to happen, but <laughs> – Thank the heavens that he went to Edmonton. I cannot believe that I'm saying that. Years later, I cannot believe I'm saying that I'm thankful that he went to Edmonton. By the way, Victor Olofsson, nine goals, 12 assists, uh, 12 power play points. Six of those nine goals are power play goals. Nice. Yeah, kind of the same for him. I mean, it's not a knock on him. That's just kind of the player he is. But, I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd take calls on the guy. I mean, hey, maybe a team calls and they, they need a power play guy. There you go. You could definitely get something out of that. Uh, Casey Middlestat, again, he I absolutely will take calls on that guy. Curtis Lazar, there's a depth piece for a playoff <laughs> Former team. World Juniors captain, Curtis Oh, my God. Remember when he Put was, like, must-watch hockey? On his name. Yeah. Remember when he was, like, must-watch hockey? Yeah, and he also won the Memorial Cup with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Did he? Yeah, he did. Well, good for him. Yeah, with uh, Tristan Jari and uh, uh, Rockford Ice Hog legend uh, Henrik Samuelson. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yeah. The reason I know that Henrik Samuelson is, you said an Edmonton Oil King? Yeah. Okay, then I, I do remember it right, because when I play NHL 3 Circuit, and uh, I think it was NHL 3 Circuit or something like that, you get a, you get the legend card, and it's like <laughs> Henrik Samuelson. Juniors, Edmonton Oil Kings legend Henrik Samuelson. Oh, my God. Son of some... Guy whose name I don't remember. Somebody Samuelson. That is a see. That's that's me hitting with the uh, yeah hitting with the uh, hard trivia of, that I do not know. Uh, again, Riley Shan. There's another guy. Just you know these. Then this is this is the problem. Half your team is just. Here's a guy you can have as a death piece on a playoff team. Yeah. <laughs> Riley Shan. There's your fourth line center. Tobias Reeder. There's your penalty killer. Yeah. Curtis Lazar. There's a fourth liner. There's a guy who can play some minutes. Casey Middlestat. There's a guy you take a flyer on. Tayshe Thompson. There's a depth piece that could be something. Cody Eakin. Depth guy at best. Sam Reinhart. You know, well, Sam Reinhart, decent player, but uh, yeah, expectations not really hasn't really played to him at all. And uh, potentially. Here's the thing with Sam Reinhart. He was drafted second. I think I've said this already about him. He was drafted second overall. The expectations were so high that everyone just started like saying, "Oh, he's not going to be nothing." But now he's like actually a decent player. He's solid, but I mean, I'm taking calls on the guy. Yeah, obvious. Uh, Easily, definitely. Kyle um, Pozo, uh barely an NHL player. No, uh, you. I don't even know if you great guy, great guy, but he's just not there anymore. Again, another guy who we say with we said it with Brent Seabrook. I actually said, you know, with uh him not playing anymore uh when someone puts that much money in front of you uh you don't say no yeah you don't say no uh so not his fault at all and i i, I really feel bad uh, i've i mean 
he especially, um, I've heard great things about as a person, so I, I feel bad putting him down in any way um, whatsoever, but he's, he's not an NHL player. Mm-hmm. And gosh, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six guys that I just, right off the bat, I, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that's not, your bottom six is just a bunch of guys. Bunch of dudes. Bunch of guys. And not even the good kind of guys. Not even the Mark Donks or Buzz Flibbits. They're just guys. They're just the donks and the buzzes, dude. Yeah. It's the buzz donks. Buzz donks. Mark <sighs> Flibbits. Yeah. And donks and no stonks is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I... Taylor Hall, do, do, you, do you even get a first round pick from at this point? I don't no, absolutely do. not. No, you get a second well, and a There is going to be a happy buying team out there. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Question and Does Taylor what? Hall get more at the trade deadline than Matias Yanmark? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, man. Maybe this episode is just the Buffalo episode because, oh, yeah. well, we were going to do the podcast yesterday and uh, I wasn't feeling too well. You know, just a bit of a conflicting schedule. Then I, uh, yeah, just later in the day, I wasn't feeling the best. So we moved it to today. And uh, I, I told you right away, man, I'm glad that it ended up here because uh, after last night, this story just became a million times more interesting. Oh, and here's a stat that I forgot to get out earlier. Um, We talk a lot about the 18 game losing streak, the losing streak old enough to drink in Canada, old enough to drive a car. Old enough to vote. We don't talk enough enough about the fact that that. they have lost 23 out of their last 25 games. (laughs) Do you know who the wins came against? Because, oh boy. (laughs) Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay, that's I what know. I was asking. You're asking you. rhetorically. I'm going to look. Oh up no. Right oh, yeah, I have no uh, idea. Okay. Well, yeah. you were doing that. You're bringing that up. I brought up uh, Matthias Yamworks and Taylor Hall's yes. stats. So yes, yes, yes. Taylor Hall. Oh, he has two goals in 34 games. Like, okay. So 16 assists in 34 games is not bad. It really isn't. But you only have two goals. If he had even just like. <laughs> Five more goals to make seven goals, 16 assists, 23 points in 34 games. That that might be the difference of getting you like a sec or like a second or a first instead of a second. That might be. But sure. two goals, 34 games, and now you compare it to Matthias Janmark, who has 18 points as well, <laughs> albeit in 36 games. But nonetheless, Taylor Hall is a former Hart Trophy winner, a former first overall pick, but... He has the same uh, amount of points as Matias Yamark. Matias Yamark has 10, by the way, which is quite impressive. But like, man, oh man, it's just Buffalo. That's it's where you go to where it's where you go to die. It's where your career goes to die. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you right there. I'm yeah. Hold you uh, right there. Oh Christ! The yeah, last the last two wins for the Buffalo Sabers came on February 20th and February 23rd. Both against the, let me just double check. Uh, the only the uh, the team just ahead of them, the New Jersey oh, Devils. Oh, uh, that's yeah. I was gonna say. Okay, another interesting stat <laughs> that I saw. <laughs> this might be the worst thing of all. Buffalo has not won a regulation game in the month of March since 2018. Just uh, <laughs> let that sit in for a bit, but. Open the door yeah. and let that sink. Yeah, <laughs> let that sink in, man. Um, but the reason why that is, obviously, COVID last year. 2019, they did not win a single game in regulation, and 2018 was the last year they did. 
So you've gone two full months of March. Well, two and a half, two and a half yeah, months yeah. without winning a game. <laughs> and do they? Do they and play this? They do. They do play tomorrow against Philadelphia, but uh... <laughs> no, I am shooting into that game. I am tuning into that game. And and, am, and by we, the we way, will see, we will see if they get out of March with a win. Yeah. We, we brought up the fact that Philadelphia is like in struggle right now. They're 17, 13, and 4. Buffalo would love that. Buffalo is 6, 23, and 5. And I think, and another interesting stat. Six. Is they've been shut out more than they've won games. This is really a study of the human condition. It feels so bad for Buffalo, and their goal differential is minus 51. Going through this team and talking about them, and just experiencing your sanity in the ebbs and flows it has throughout is really, I think, (laughs) more interesting than anything we could do on this podcast. This is mind-numbingly bad. I feel uh, the worst. That is awful, dude. <laughs> win, win percentage. Win percentage. Two fifty. Uh man, which is not a fair thing to hold up in a shortened season because you never know what could happen during the rest of a full one. Um, but that's gonna be. I bet you that's gonna be the first thing this team is used to, or really is. Uh. Yeah, that'll be the stat that is used to compare this team to uh, teams of the past that played in full seasons. And uh, uh, my question is, uh, where do you rank this team? Like, or where do you see this team? Is this a top 10 worst teams of all time? Do oh, definitely. Yeah. Because a lot of the worst teams of all time were expansion teams back in like the 70s, the 80s, and all that stuff. And I don't think that really counts because, again, it's their first no, year. I, I, I agree. I think that every first-year team, I, I don't think that any bad, bad uh, record should count. I mean, the, no, the Golden Knights, they did well. You know, that that's you, – you almost you, – you overaccomplished in that sense, except they sort of didn't. We, we all know uh, that story. But, uh, yeah, if you take away – you take away the first-year teams and you look at just long-term franchises, a team like Buffalo that's been here for, what, uh, 50 years? Yeah, I believe plus years. Yeah, or did they just have their fifty year anniversary? I think yeah. it was. I think they came in the league in nineteen seventy. It was like a couple of years after the original expansion. Right, right. Season. I think they came in with 40, 40, 40. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a this is a forty year franchise. This is uh, wow. This is Not uh, good. almost unprecedented. Um, if this went on for a full season, just that the, uh, and this isn't just the first 10 games, oh, they're on pace for yada, yada, yada. No, this is what, 34, 35 games? Yeah. I mean, this is nearly. Even if they win every single game for the rest of the season, they'll still have more regulation losses than wins for the rest of the season. The highest amount of wins they can get is 22, and they have 23 regulation losses right now. Okay, I'm looking up what? Give me just a second. And you look at... <laughs> the thing with Buffalo... Like, we've seen other teams that have had tough years, like 
last year's Detroit Red Wings. But the thing, the difference between Detroit and Buffalo is Detroit was actively seeking to be bad, whereas Buffalo, they went out and they signed Taylor Hall, and they're like, oh, okay, maybe we can make a push, whereas Detroit was literally They had an answer like me saying going. that Taylor Hall was going to win a heart this year, or I will. <laughs> Did you actually? <laughs> oh, I really thought that Hall was going to get it uh, some kind of and award. even the the 2016-2017 Avalanche, just a horrible team, but everything went wrong for them that season, and ever since oh. then, like they've been on the up and up. And I forgot the Red Wings. I forgot the last ten games of the year or eleven games of the year were were uh, taken away by COVID. So uh, as you're talking about that, I'm going to crack some numbers. Let's hear it. Oh, Hit boy. me with the facts. I will. I will try to. Will and try to. another thing with Buffalo is this. They not only have they had this year, but they had the 2014-2015 year where they were actively tanking and trying to get Connor McDavid, but they got oh they got Jack Eichel. Oh no, <laughs> they only got Jack Eichel. It's just oh man, dude. They picked first overall in 2018. They got Rasmus Dahlin. It's just year after year after year. Or it's like those Colorado and Detroit years. They were just really one offs. Oh man. <laughs> is that the name of the podcast just us saying oh man like <laughs> Buffalo comma sigh but that's a good that's pretty good too yeah uh, all right so uh crack the little little numbers here and like I said it is not completely fair to to base a team's record on a short season on or to compare it to full seasons with the idea of um you know well they were on pace for this many wins because, again, anything can happen. And so I'm not saying this to, uh, to to compare them objectively, but just to kind of give a crazy idea of how bad Buffalo is uh, struggling this year. Detroit had 17 wins in 71 games last year. To calculate that or to uh, translate that to an 82-game season, they would have been on pace for uh, number comes out to 19.6 wins, rounded up to 20 wins, right? So 20 wins, uh, sort of you win a quarter of your games. <laughs> Pretty rough, right? Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo. Let's hear this. Uh, in 71 games, translates to 12.5. No! 13. No. Knowing how they're no. playing, sure, I... I Knowing how they're playing, I almost feel like rounding it down to 12. But math is math. We round it up to 13 in a full 82-game season. Oh, man. The number comes out to 14.47. <laughs> All you can do is just laugh. Not if you're a Sabres fan, but... <laughs> I'm honestly... Wait, I'm not even laughing. I've been laughing throughout this entire podcast. It's I'm a it's a pity shocked. laugh. It's like it's like oh for oh, sure, but oh, I'm God. just shocked at this point. I don't <laughs> even know what to say about this team, man. Uh, wow, this segment went a little bit longer than I I, I expected. Uh, but I'm also not surprised. There's a lot to talk about here. There is just endless material with this team, and I I really don't mean to say it to uh to mock the Sabers. Uh, well, we want to take. I understand if I'm the Sabres fan listening to this, I am just beyond frustrated. Maybe they empathize. Maybe they're. Maybe you're happy to hear somebody just is blown away as, by it as you are. 
for me, it, it just simply is that I'm blown away by this. I I don't even know what to say. About this and has we always, I always bring this up. Buffalo is one of the top hockey, hockey markets in the world. Like when you look at viewership, Buffalo, like viewership and ratings and all that stuff. Buffalo is always right at the top, even if their team is not in it, which they hasn't been in it for a decade now. Like, if you're looking at playoff stuff, they're always right at the top. When Buffalo is good, that's good for the game of hockey. We want Buffalo to be good. We just don't know how the fuck you fix this team. And that is, that is, yeah. That's absolutely good. So, uh, everyone, everyone wants Buffalo have a team man i there's that tweet that joke that well it's being overused at this point uh but it's it is good um people say uh you know three markets that deserve uh, an nhl hockey team Uh, number one houston number two uh quebec number three buffalo yeah pretty funny match with different uh different markets but uh buffalo always on those three uh and it's not wrong it's not wrong that's not an NHL team, and it has not been an NHL team for a long time. But this yeah, is for a decade. I, I think the most Buffalo thing is that this was the most hyped up um, fans had been in years. This is the most hyped up, and rightfully so. Like general fans were this, for them. Yeah, you look at the beginning of the season. I think their top six was something like uh, Olsen, Eichel, Reinhardt, then Hall, Skinner, and Stall. Like that's not a bad top six, man. And then you expect. Rasmus Stalin to probably take a step, and then Lydia Solmark, if he gives you decent goaltending, maybe you can make, like, a shot at the playoffs. Like, no one which thought... Which he did! Which he did! Yeah. <laughs> You're wasting it. Yeah, and but no one thought it was going to be this bad where, to a point where they're only, on, what is it, on pace for 15 wins in an 82-game season. <laughs> yeah, if you round up. Yeah, if you round up. <laughs> I guess 7, 4.47 goes up to 5, 5. I, I don't, actually, you know what? I don't think that rounds up. I, I, I mean, it's it has to be, it has to be It's Buffalo. You're not rounding up anything at this point. No, no. <laughs> no. At this point, 14.5 is going down to 13. And then maybe lose another half. It, uh, Do you want to go into another horrible situation <laughs> that isn't the, uh, the, the, the Buffalo Sabres? Yeah. 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 But I have to say, man, I, I really have to emphasize. emphasize I really think the most Buffalo thing about this is just that this was the most excited fans of the team and fans of hockey were for the team in years. And this is arguably the worst NHL season a team could have. If this continued throughout the year, and again, not saying that's an objective thing, but what's already happened is unspeakable. I mean, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Next. Yeah, I, as I said, from one from from one uh, horrible situation to another, Erdak bled out for the rest of the season. That's just yeah. yeah. It's a fr- I don't think anyone's in the wrong. Like it was just a freak accident, and that's hockey. And oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's just un- it really because Aaron Ekblad was having a Norris caliber season. He was finally living up to that uh, number one overall status back when he won the Calder in his first season. And it just it sucks because Florida's been one of the better stories in the NHL has been surprising how well they've been playing and then losing their best defenseman. It's just, uh, it sucks. Like what, what else can you really say about it? Honestly, the worst part about it was that you could hear them screaming in like an empty arena and it's just, Oh man, you, you feel for the guy, but most importantly, you just hope he gets healthy and returns 
better than ever for next season. I don't. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure what else you can add to that. But well, I actually do have a positive. Well, no, I wouldn't say a positive spin, but a better news than uh, I think we expected and what we were hearing. Um, his his uh, recovery is apparently only 12 weeks. Which what is, is it? Three months. Yeah, three months. Yeah, sorry that you, you would ask. Uh, yeah, no, three months. Three months, which is uh, wow. Um, watching that that clip as you mentioned, uh, just one that makes your skin crawl. Um, yeah, the first thing I, or the last thing I think is, oh, this is the same timetable as Kirby Doc, right? That's uh, oh man. Um, yeah, not all the first thing I would think. So, uh, quite honestly, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that for him. I'm, I know anybody else out there is, but uh, yeah, what was he on at 30 goal pace this year? Am I wrong? Oh, it was ridiculous. I think he was tied for the most goals in the NHL as a defenseman. He was having a really good year. Wait, the most among any player. Or no defenseman. Defenseman. Oh, okay. Which, say. which either way is still <laughs> impressive. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it just, again, awful to see. Um, I, I will say though, I, I do have some hope for him. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Stamkos and yes, Stamkos is a very, uh, strong, it's a very strong comparison. You know, that's a general, and I wouldn't say generational, but that's a very elite player. That's a, you know, a, a, if not, you know, he's not generational, but he is just on I the outside. 60 goals once. Yeah. Like that's, that's a special player, but you know, Aaron Eckblad, man, that's, you know, it's not a player to scoff at. He's got all the potential in the world still. I, I do think that, I thought, what is he, 25, 26? Yeah, 25. He is still, that man, he is young. He doesn't look 25, man. <laughs> the way he plays that, that beard on him, man. He does not look 25. No, he's uh, beyond his years. Yeah, I, I do have hope for him. If there's anybody I hope will bounce back from this, um, or, yeah, he's one of them. He's, he's definitely one of the players one of those players for sure. And I, I really hope we see that happen because Florida with, uh, well, my boy, Bill Zito at the uh, helm there and Quinville doing his thing. I, man, I, Bill Zito stand. I run that fan club. You know, me and Charles do man. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they're given, they've given him and, uh, Barkov and Huberto a team that, um, a team that I think that he can ease back into his game with. I don't think he's going to be dependent on as much as in the past. Uh, as great as he is, I think that this is a team that he'll uh, have a chance to get back to his form with. I think he will. And I, I again, again, we hope so. And uh, yeah, personally, I think he will have a better chance, much better chance than he would in the past. So Aaron Eckblad would be on pace for 26 goals in a full 82 game regular season. Yeah, I think that's good, right? Yeah, I think so. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to some good news, why don't we? Oh, that'd be. Because uh, the that'd Blackhawks be have that. not. If we're going to the Blackhawks, I mean, they have not been the best as of late. No. No, they have not, no, unfortunately. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, you, me, and my, uh, my well-informed niece talked about the Blackhawks playoff chances and uh oh yes oh man uh well let me I'm gonna pull up the uh schedule here shockingly ESPN is uh the best app I have when it comes to uh finding schedules and scores and whatnot you uh so yeah uh including the game they blew their three nothing lead against the Tampa Bay Lightning ever since that high point they have been three and eight now, not good. 
not very good. Not good, but at the same time, it's it's not really all that surprising. Um, what is say. what is surprising is Nashville, though. I remember doing a podcast <laughs> and it, and it was like, okay, it's probably gonna be Columbus and Chicago battling for the final spot, and Columbus is not gonna make the playoffs. Dallas might not even make it either, but uh, a new uh, challenger has appeared. Nashville Predators are back in it, and yeah. even though the Blackhawks are not in a playoff spot. Is this good for the Blackhawks going forward that Nashville is in this position right now? I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, some of the team's flaws are showing, which gives you an opportunity to work on said flaws. Um, I think that they are regressing back to the mean, um, to the point where they won't be making the playoffs. And I'm not rooting against them, right? No. I'm not rooting against them. But I don't, I don't think them missing the playoffs is bad at all. I think that you can absolutely take that as a bit of a reality check. It's not, like they were, it's, it's not like they're the Buffalo Sabres. They played in a lot of uh, meaningful oh, games this season. The Hawks were expected to be the Buffalo Sabres. Exactly. They were expected to be were like right with the Red Wings. Like That's how bad this team was expected to be, right? Basically, Buffalo and Chicago like swapped spots of what they were supposed to be. Yeah. Like, Buffalo was supposed to be what Chicago is this year. Chicago was supposed to be what Buffalo is this year. Yeah. And so, I think this is, a, again, a bit of a blessing in disguise. You can look at those flaws. You can work on them. And this is... It's house money, dude. No matter what happens. A learning, uh, you can have a learning curve here. Um, and I also enjoy it because Buffalo... Buffalo, what am I saying? Nashville, the other Navy and uh, gold team, is going to think that they're good. And that's that was my whole thing. It's now that they're doing good, they don't have the need to rebuild. They just keep the same thing, and they're stuck in limbo. They're stuck in mediocrity. They keep John Hines as their coach, who I still think is not good for them. They just ha- still happen to be riding UC Saros right now. He's short, and we all know that's a problem. Yeah, especially in the NHL locker room. He can't coach right like that. Yeah, he, he can't assert his dominance, as we all know. <laughs> uh, yeah, UC Saros is playing out of his mind. Um, Rene is playing well as of late. Well enough um, to beat the Blackhawks. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> is it well enough to beat the Blackhawks, or is it the Blackhawks playing bad enough for the Predators to win? It's we a can... little bit of both, I'd say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I and you know I I do think Nashville is a good team, but I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a no, fine. They're they're the definition of mediocre. They're you know what they are now the Nash the Minnesota Wild of like their entire existence now. Yeah. Well, except for Roman Yossi existing. Yeah. Yeah, which I would, in my opinion, is better than Ryan Suter in his prime. Uh, Yossi is just a different beast. But, oh, he's, uh, he's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I will say the one thing that's frustrating for me with Nashville is that I'm not getting to see Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, or Ryan Ellis on a true cup contender anymore. I'm especially oh. mad. Not, not, not on my only not seeing Philip Forsberg, not a contending team anymore. Even when he was in that team, it's Nashville. It's this, you know, low scoring, you know, hard, gritty defensive style that they, uh, that they just seem to love there. That's the way they develop their players. Um, Oh God, man, I would, the things I would do to see Philip Forsberg in Washington. If they never trade him in the first place. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. My point. Um, well, you know, but I will, I will, I want to bring up some positives about Nashville though, because while we, uh, we can joke about the possible mediocrity and, uh, 
lay back in our lawn chairs and sip our beers and uh, throw our hats on and watch our NASCAR as you and I always do. Oh, um, yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, I will say it's nice to see UC Saros playing to his level. I'm personally, I'm a fan of the guy, um, noted short King, UC Saros. I was going to say, at least there's always, one short guy on Nashville that's still uh, doing the right things. Yeah. I was going to say, it's always fun watching short goalies get it done. Like on Hunkud Oman last year, Tim Thomas from yeah, what, yeah. 10 years ago and all that stuff. Yeah. Anti Pronto, I'd say is my favorite of those. Um, uh, is, is Anton Hudobin Finnish? Yeah. No, he's Russian. Russian. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Of course. Actually, um, I believe he's Kazaki. I think that's their, uh, he's from Kazakhstan. <laughs> I don't know cool. if that's like their, what they're called by, but, uh, he, 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 I think he's like, he plays for Russia and stuff and all that. Kazarol. Yeah. He's a Kazarol. A Kazarol. Um, yep. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's nice to see him playing well. Um, uh, it's, I will say, you know what, just as somebody who likes seeing, you know, uh, players, the Jesse Pugliarvi guys who, uh, just, uh, haven't been playing to their level, high round picks guys who had high expectations. It's, it's nice to see, uh, Eli Golvinen, you know, doing his thing. Finally, he seems to be finally, uh, finding his game, uh, unfortunately against the Blackhawks a bit, but, uh, no, it's, it's nice to see a young player like that finding his, uh, finding his feet, finding his place in the NHL. I'm really going to enjoy when uh, Nashville trades him to a better team and he uh, starts scoring 30 goals year in, year out, and they uh, get a second-round pick back that becomes another defenseman uh, in their long defensive uh, – well, their long uh, defensive system that's been going on for, what, uh, forever now? We brought up, we brought up Sam Gerrard earlier. They, they were the, the team that drafted Sam Gerrard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a – man, you know what? It's like there's something with Nashville, man. Every time I say something good about them, they're just, they're fun to tease. I hate St. Louis, but Nashville, they're just like, they're like your brother. St. Louis is just that asshole across the street. That you At least St. Louis has, you know, one something. Nashville hasn't. I um, loathe St. Louis. Nashville is like the friend that I like to fuck with. I mean, there's the fact that I know a bunch of their fans, but even then, even before that, it's just like, I, I don't know, man. Nashville fans loathe Chicago and, and Chicago fans love to give it right back to them. Love so. them so much that they don't even let them, what's the thing, they don't even let them purchase tickets to the game, or like you can't, <laughs> oh you can only God. purchase in-state or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, that was great. Hey man, for all the shit I talk about Eli Tolvin and being on that team, they'll show me a Patrick Kane graph, and there's some truth to that. Except that there's not, and Patrick Kane's the best winger in the NHL, and we all know it, obviously. So, um, yeah. Nashville, uh, yeah, I'm, I just don't know how to feel about that, man. I, I agree with you that it's – or, I, you know, like I said, I do think it's a mediocrity case, but – Because they're going to face Tampa Bay in the first round, and they're okay. going to get destroyed. I am – They will be smoked. Yeah. Well, Which, mm, I don't know if I, – uh, I didn't put this in the notes, but Tampa Bay, do you think they repeat? Absolutely not. I do. I think they win this year I again. I really don't. What do you there's think? Something, there's, something, there's something about that team that just doesn't feel right to me this year. What would that there's be? About it. Uh, it. I mean, it's a bit of a. It's not really. I haven't watched enough games to have a true, solid opinion on them. But from what I have seen of the Hawks against them, it, it seems like a team that's masked a bit by Andre Vasilevsky. They don't look like a, the same team. Again, just from what I've seen of them, a little bit that I've seen. Uh, with them against the Hawks and just uh, some few games I've uh, watched aside from that. And again, not 
completely sure, but I just don't. It doesn't look like that same dominant team in years past. Maybe well, getting, maybe they get Nikita Kucherov back at the play, in the playoffs. I I feel like they will. A bit of a 2015 Patrick Kane situation. Uh, I don't know, man. It just doesn't. There's just something out there. It feels like a bit of a you know championship slump. You know. Uh, the thing is, they're still having an incredible season. I think they're top three in the league, and they, like, we thought the same thing of the 2017 Penguins. Okay, they're probably not going to repeat. Um, yeah, they're t- they're first in the NHL right now, um, but I, I don't think they are as good as last year. But the thing is, with the Stanley Cup playoffs, it is all out war, and it's a war of attrition. And even if they don't have the best team, they not only won the cup, but they did it in the bubble with how like mentally exhausting that must be just being, being stuck in a hotel, being stuck in one area for almost a couple months without family or close ones. And I think that'll really help them again this year. Cause it's kind of probably going to be the same thing. Maybe not in like one host city. Cause, but uh, yeah. it's, I think the fact that they have that experience of winning in the bubble, I think that's going to help them a lot as, and I just go through the NHL. Like, what teams could realistically beat them in a seven-game series? I think really the only team that could beat them is Colorado. But Colorado, I I think they're they're heating up a bit. They've had some injuries, but uh, it seems like it's almost kind of the same thing as Tampa Bay. I think they can bring more. But oh yeah. man, with Tampa Bay, I you know what that is a good point. I think the one thing I can give them is uh, absolutely that similar to the Blackhawks, is that when the playoffs come up, it's a different story. And with them with up, you know what? Yeah, that does give them that, that, does give them that little, you know, that, that bit of confidence where in years past, you know, it's you're almost afraid of yourself each year. You go into a game seven, uh, you know, with these high expectations. And then it just uh, climaxed with uh, the Columbus sweep. But now that you win that cup, you have that confidence. Maybe that's the difference, but oh man, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you're right. You know, I'm sure you're right, but there's just something in my gut that tells them it's going to be a second round exit. To whom though? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm going to eat my words in some way, but that's just my gut feeling right now. And there's also a bit of season to go, so I got plenty more. There's plenty more time for my mind to change, and uh, either way. And kind of going into the playoffs because it's gonna be—it's like a month. It's only a month and a half and away. <laughs> That's all it yeah. is. <laughs> and looking at the Canadian division, the North Division, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, the four teams that are, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> the four teams that are in the playoffs right now—Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Montreal. If it, if the regular season ended the day, we'd have a Toronto Montreal series and a Winnipeg and Edmonton series. How fun would that be? Oh, like even if even if the team switches, like let's let's say Montreal takes over Edmonton, that'd be Toronto Edmonton, then Winnipeg and Montreal. Or if Winnipeg jumps dro- drops to number four, then it would be Edmonton Montreal Winnipeg Toronto. Like no matter what happens, it's it's gonna be a fun series, oh, like, yeah. two fun series. Absolutely. But I think how it is right now, Toronto Montreal, then Winnipeg and Edmonton. I think that's the best. Like, no, I want that. I want that man. That's the best rendition. I'm going to something with uh well we talk, we're going to talk about the deadline uh, soon probably um I'll bring up a couple questions there one regarding Winnipeg but uh y'all right here I want that I hold up whoa Montreal's played 31 games 
Yeah, they had a week off because of uh, the COVID uh, situation they had. Yeah, yeah, Calgary's not making the playoffs. No, they aren't. They have been slow. No, that like that dear. That's it. Yeah, that Daryl Sutter move did not work out for them. (laughs) At least not right now. Um, And here's the thing, like Montreal. Yeah, they're only two points behind Montreal, but Montreal has six games in hand on them. And Edmonton, and Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Toronto all have at least ten more points than Calgary does. That's a lot of ground to make up. And with the way they're playing right now, it does not inspire a lot of confidence that they're going to somehow turn this around. Yeah, that locker room, just, I highly doubt they like him. I mean, that's you another... saw the Boudreaux comment the other day? Yeah. He that's better bring it for his 500 game. Or, sorry, Daryl Sutter be like, you better bring it for his 500 games. That's how he talks like. Yeah. And I... Calgary... Where that's something... That's something you say behind closed doors, man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hope a coach would say that to me behind closed doors in that way, let alone to the media for everyone to see. I, I, I really, you know, on first glance, I thought it was kind of funny, and then I sat with it, and then, you know, I think to myself, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's really not a good move at all as a coach. I don't care if he has his, you know, I talked about it, we talked about it uh, when they first hired him. Uh, you know, that's his style is, you know, he's a bit of a hard nosed guy. It's more old fashioned. Definitely. Yeah. You know, but that you, you just can't, God, even in the nineties, even back when it, you know, was, you know, even back in the old, uh, back in the days when, you know, players were actually tough. And Mike Keenan was you coaching. Do that. You don't even do that. You don't pull a stunt like that. It's, it's just, it's not working out there. Uh, do you want to hear a fun fact though? Let's hear it. I mean, six games in hand. Sure. Uh, Calgary does have more wins than uh, Montreal. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, Montreal has nine overtime losses. So. Got those nine loser points, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, not that it really would matter with those six games in hand, but uh, just a funny little stat there. Uh, but yeah, no, I... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Toronto-Montreal would be fireworks. Which, by oh. the way, has not happened since 1979. No way. Playoff series? Yeah, correct. Oh, no, that better stay the way it is. I pray that Montreal, yeah, please do not catch up to Edmonton. I need that. Edmonton-Winnipeg, man, that would be. That's going to be a good series. Yeah, McDavid against Hellebuck. Dreisaitl and McDavid against Hellebuck. I like that. I like that a lot. The world will get to, finally, a national audience will get to realize how good, really good Nikolai Ehlers is. Oh, that too, please. Oh, my God. I, I, you know, is it crazy to argue that he's the best forward on that team? Oh, he is. Okay, no good. debate in my mind. And that's I, saying something because they have Mark Scheifele, they have Blake Wheeler, they have Pierre-Luc Dubois, they have Kyle Connor, like they have all these guys. I've been a big fan of Scheifele for a long time, and uh, I like Kyle Connor um, a lot. Their defensive uh, liabilities. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it gets interesting. Um, and Wheeler just seems like a guy that everybody likes. But uh, no, I love Nikolai Ehlers, and I feel like what is he's a he's a stats darling, isn't he? Is yeah, he one he's one of the best. He's one of the best like uh, transition players in the NHL, controlling the puck, all that stuff. Oh, it shows every game. I mean that he is so good, and he makes only six million dollars for like I think four more years, something like that. They got him on a steal. Isn't he? Isn't there a bit of an ice time issue with him? Am I wrong? Uh, Being a bit underplayed. 
But uh, no matter what's happening, they, uh, it must be working out well because uh, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> hey, he's on my fantasy team, so he better be. You better be. Goddamn better be. All right. Uh, um, uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Looking at his stats up. right now. Looking at his his stats. His advanced stats or his uh his actual important stats, as they would say. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah thirty six points, thirty six games, fifteen goals, twenty one assists. Pretty good. Well, I want to see on pace his, to be. I want to see his ice time. His average. Per um. Game. Every, oh, Guess what? NHL, the NHL app doesn't show his average ice time. What? I know, I'm looking no, at it uh, over here. Big boy stats. Average Big time on ice. Stats. No way. Average time on ice. Well, I wouldn't say, you know, what am I saying? No way. Uh, 1649 per game. That's yeah. fine, I guess. That's like second line time or something. I don't know. I mean, I'd play him more if I was the coach, but it's not. I mean, hey, he's producing. I, I wouldn't complain. Uh, I just think you get a little bit more out of him. Yeah. But uh, would you like to get into the trade deadline a little bit there? Absolutely. Let's do that. Okay, because Winnipeg, um, Nathan uh, Grav, uh, you know, real well-known guy on hockey Twitter, uh, real smart kid. Um, he had a video talking about potential trade deadline moves. And one that I never thought of that he put out there would be an Eckholm to Winnipeg trade. And obviously not as likely. Oh, it makes total sense. It's perfect. Isn't it just perfect? And you could, Vili, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd want to give him up if I'm Winnipeg because he's a great future, but Vili Hinola. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect, here's a guy that he's, you know, likely to become, but you need him now because you're contending. And, you know, Nashville here is a guy who can become that in the future or, you know. Maybe not that exactly, you know, but be, uh, can become a great piece, a great mm-hmm. left-hand defenseman. That's uh, a perfect trade. I would even. I'm not gonna lie. I would even do it one for one. One for one, eh? That's that's interesting. Because I, that's a good trade. trade. Yeah, it is. And Winnipeg, they can go for it this year. Like, is there anyone in that division that's really like, holy shit, this team is a legitimate contender? No. I mean, Toronto, you could argue, but like, if it, if things go the way they do now, they probably won't face them till the second round. So, I mean, why not go for it? They got a goalie. They, well, with Ekholm, you got a defenseman. They got a stacked ass forward court. So, like, yeah, why not go for it? Why not? Why? But yeah. Well, yeah, that's a that's a that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if Hainola will come as good as Ekholm, so Winnipeg would probably have to throw in like a draft pick to sweeten things up on the other end. But like the the two main pieces being Ekholm and Hainola, like that's I think I just that's a love good like trade. one for one. I love one for one trades. How how have we ever seen a tra- how often do we a see trades like that where it's yeah. like a prospect for a established NHL player, a good prospect a prospect I should say for an NHL roster player. Uh, Yeah, not enough, and I would be perfectly open to seeing it again, or if it's ever happened, really. Um, But, uh, I mean, to trade the line, who... Okay, Taylor Hall's another guy who's, uh, well, of course, being brought up. Um, you got to think that Buffalo is just taking whatever they can get for him, right? Because you're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to do anything. 
He's going to be I want to float this agent. idea to you. What's up? Taylor Hall. I want to float this idea to you. Okay. Taylor, Taylor Hall back to Edmonton. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In a heartbeat, yes. So, yes. Edmonton has actually a lot of defensemen, kind of like a logjam. I was thinking maybe like Caleb Jones for Taylor Hall. I know he has really good advanced stats, and a lot of Oilers fans wouldn't like that, but like... You're getting Taylor Hall, man, back. Like, and if that's all you really have to pay for him, and who knows, maybe he stays there. Because I remember, I think I heard Chris Johnson say that, and like some point, it's not like set stone, but some point in his career, Taylor Hall would like to go back to Edmonton. And the thing is with Taylor Hall, he's not expected to be the guy. He's going to be behind uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, so he's going to be a secondary, a secondary role. And I. And he, he's gonna he's gonna be playing in the playoffs finally, and like because I think he's only he only had that stint with uh, New Jersey where it literally took a, a hard caliber season to even get them to the playoffs, <laughs> and I think they lost in five games. And then same with Arizona, they beat Nashville in the playing round, but then they got smacked by Colorado in five games. So yeah, well he's he'll finally be on a team. Well, <laughs> he'll finally be on a team. Yeah, that legitimately has a chance to like. Uh, to like get past the first round, <laughs> you do anything. That's yeah. You know, uh, I, no, I absolutely love the idea. I think you a second in Caleb Jones. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a good We, you know, what we gotta do before the trade deadline? We gotta do a podcast where we just come up with trades and we kind of like throw them off each other and just see what you think. I think that'd be a good idea for an episode. You know what? We're gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. All right, but Jones for Hall. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. What are their depth defense? Because Oilers <laughs> do have like a lot of defense. And the thing is with Buffalo, and the thing is, well, the NHL in general is that I've been hearing a lot of like on podcasts that teams don't want draft picks from this year because a lot of them have not played unless you're in Europe, um, uh, especially CHL. And teams would probably want uh, more established NHL players. Well, not established NHL players, but like prospects who could probably make it. And that's exactly what. Can- Jones is you know he's not has good event stats but uh, can't crack the Oilers lineup but uh, maybe he gets a chance in Buffalo and Buffalo <laughs> has no scouts so uh, you know a draft pick won't really work as much so you get an established nope. NHL place with Caleb Jones. So, you see David Foyle like and I interest you in a Billy Hanola well uh, I mean uh, well a draft pick would be nice but you know with the season you know I can't really do much with that well 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 may I interest you in a Nate Thompson established NHL <laughs> player Oh my uh, god, that's gonna be interesting. Oh, did you see that last night? Did you see his uh his goal that did count? Oh, the, that should not have counted. That should have not He straight up kicked it he in. Literally, <laughs> I know he literally I kicked it. I'm not sure how more blatant of a kick that could have been, but oh my god, but watching it. And he doesn't even try to hide it. He just no. He, you know what? You gotta you gotta give credit to him. He didn't even try to hide it. He just straight up went for it. I, I appreciate that. That's like the Andrew Shaw headbutt. You know what? Like if you, you, you did it, you there's gotta through. be there's gotta be like a point where it's like okay, that looks so good. We'll just allow that <laughs> one time. <laughs> oh my god, dude! No, no. My favorite thing with that. My favorite thing to come from that was uh, going to the YouTube comments, and the first thing I see is the ghost of Dennis Weidman haunts the flames forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome, dude. 
Well, oh my god. <laughs> you know what we haven't got into at all this podcast? The Blackhawks, really. That's perfect. Literally, fine. literally. I, the less I talk about the Blackhawks right now, the better. I know, I know, but. Kirby Doc made a know. nice move. And that was good enough for me. That yeah. was the highlight of those two games. Yeah, and Alex Debrink got a call, almost oh. back into it, but oh, that second goal was just yeah. filthy. I know. And hey, Mike, uh, Mike Hardman scored or scored <laughs> signed with the Black. <laughs> but uh, don't know too much about him. He's a right winger. He's 22 years old. Played at Boston College. Got 10 goals, nine assists in 24 games. I mean, why the hell not? Like, what does it hurt? You're just taking a chance on him. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, his production doesn't at all stand out. But uh, I mean, what I've seen from a lot of people who are uh, seem to be into college hockey, uh, seem to say good things about him. Seems like he might be a kind of diamond in the rough kind of guy. And I mean, if so, give him a chance. Apparently, he's gonna he's gonna play on the the Blackhawks this year, so they must think somewhat highly of him. Guess what number he's wearing? What number? Eighty (laughs) six. Interesting. Guess who also wore 86? Don't talk to me. <laughs> You're right, Nikita Kucherov. That's great. Nikita Kucherov and Jack Hughes. Can't forget that. I, yeah. Um, you know, it's if he is something uh, fantastic. If he's not, you literally did nothing but pay him money to get him and give up a roster spot. And, and nothing. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Uh, and I wanted to mention, it's actually, I, I find it really interesting, and I, I I almost wish this could happen every year, is the NCAA season's ending a little over halfway through the NHL season. Okay, Here. can we talk about that game? What was it, Minnesota Duluth? Minnesota Duluth North versus North Dakota. Five overtimes, I five. think. It was five overtimes, five overtimes, and longest game in NCAA college hockey that's history. Crazy, dude. And Same. we, not only, we, and two Two times this year, we've experienced five, two five overtime games. Yes. And big games as well, like playoff game. Well, obviously it wouldn't, but like that, that was to decide the series. Like it's it's one and done, right? Like it's it's not a series, yes. it's like one and yes. done. So oh, that, one that, that, that's even bigger than the Tampa Bay-Columbus game because I think that was the first game of the series for that. First game one, yeah. No, not yeah. just game one, but in comparison to this in terms of, uh, yeah, playoffs and yeah, the meeting the meaning behind it for the team. Yeah. And that was, and it was one of those goals. It's the kind of goal that goes in the fifth overtime. You know, oh, just no, the, I feel just so bad for that. that goal. Like, it's not even the fact that he's not like skilled enough, or whatever. Like that's just straight out tiredness, that's, fatigue, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the most hockey goal ever to go in. It's like, you know, they always say, all right, it's not the beauty, beautiful ones. That when it's always the ugly ones. Like that's the definition of it right there. Oh Yeah. I remember as a kid, I, I remember Pierre Maguire, or it was him or Olchak, saying, you know what they say in Chicago, you know, it's not it's not how you get them, it's, or it's how many you get. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool saying that Chicago has. And, uh, oh, man. <laughs> Chicago every only. Pod, every, MVC, uh, <laughs> every MVC broadcast, man. What is hot to say? Pierre Maguire, man. <laughs> it's just, I remember when... <laughs> You brought up, and it was like the last podcast we did together when uh, they you call he called uh Patrick Maroon Big Rig, and then oh like God. and then <laughs> that Pierre McGuire's like, hey, that's Jimmy Lexiak, Zayman Dallas. Hey, that's, that's Jimmy Lexiak, Zayman Dallas. Like that's the most Pierre McGuire thing. 
<laughs> um, do we have any new uh, Pierre Maguire quotes? No, I don't. <laughs> God, we should just but, have it. We should have a like a set segment, like the, we, one of the closest. Every I know every just podcast. a random Pierre Maguire quote. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Oh, oh, it's a car ski. You know what? We gotta what find it, a way no, 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 no. Hold whatever thought you have. We just need to have randomly with just a, like every like five podcasts are opening instead of the Blackhawks, you know, goal calls. It's just random Pierre Maguire calls, Pierre Maguire moments. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. This is a terrible pick, Gary Price. <laughs> 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 we got to find a way to get him on that. Dude, the P and PJ's guest definitely stands for Pierre Maguire at this point. Oh, obviously. I, I'm, I have no problem with... Uh, the J and the S, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh man! I think that's it, man. Do we have anything else to add, really? Uh, no, I, I, I really can't think of anything. Uh, you didn't talk too much about the Blackhawks uh, being. That's quite a good thing, though. Like, crash. let's no, be I honest. Perfectly fine with that. What What else is there really to say about the Blackhawks? Because basically, what happened, like what we expected to happen, happened. Really. They're, again, they're just regressing to the mean. Like this is kind of an expected thing, and it's like it sucks to watch. It's frustrating, you know. The game against Nashville, both games were very winnable, yeah. and they. And they were in it, you know, in the end, and they could have done something that they didn't. And it's and not it's, like they're out of it; like they can still easily get back into that fourth spot, and especially if they win the night. Make the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, they, they're still like again. I, I've said this so many times. It's house money. No matter what happens, happens. You got a lot of your young players to get uh, play meaningful games, get big points, and all that. That's going to help a lot of confidence. It's not. It's it's hard to like have that type of a year and then make the playoffs. and the thing is, they still they still had like a, a big portion of the season. They had their three best centers out. Again, what team could withstand three center their top three centers being out and being competitive in a playoff spot? The fact that they were this competitive, well, honestly, I would say, definitely a team that can withstand withstand that many hits. Absolutely, could withstand oh, yes. losing three centers. <laughs> it's a forever quote. It's a, oh, that's man. an all-timer. But, no, I mean, yeah, dude. Like, it's it's remarkable. And they're just now getting back their second-line center. And even – and I don't, I don't want to brag on the guy, but Dylan Strom has not played at all like even a 3C. He has not been good this year at all. Oh, and, and, and it, it sucks, man. Oh. Like, and – he, he had it. He had a. He had a, a. I don't know if you saw the, uh, our friend of the show Scott Powers tweet where it's like um, Dylan Strom is out tonight, uh, expecting the birth of a child, and, should, and all the replies are like, "Which child?" And it's like, "Oh man, you got to read that." There's so many good replies. <laughs> oh, I'm going to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like the pandemic. Having a child, like that's got to be tough, dude. Oh yeah. Cause, oh yeah, I didn't even. Oh yeah. Like how, like how focused on hockey are you really, honestly? Oh yeah, that's a great point. He stopped having fucking kids. Great point, Pierce. I, I yeah. completely yeah. agree. Like, yeah, he and kids. about his family, business. Yeah. You are a kids person. are kids yeah. are burdens, and uh, what, what, and according to Mike Milbury, wives are distractions. Well, all women are distractions. So, <laughs> you know what? That, I think that's a great uh, place to end off the podcast. Just uh, let everyone sit with that. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm Mike Milbury's just watching Dylan Strom every game, and he sees the headline. You know, just proving my point. <sighs> just sitting at home, like you know, shirts up, belly out. This is fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, his, <laughs> his like, belly out is that. just like his belt sticking out too. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh yeah. All right. No, um, they will. <laughs> so, 
I don't want to spoil anything, and I don't know if this is 100% for sure yet, but uh, we are having an incredibly special guest somewhat time with them. Well, before let's not the- say who. We're not going to say who, no. We're not. No, we're not. No, like, I'm not even being, I'm not, I'm being serious. Like, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm, it's a complete surprise, but it's a big guest. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, let you sit with that. We'll let, uh, we'll let those, uh, sexist, the sexist comments sit with you as well as that. So, uh, it's thank you favorite. everyone for tuning in. It's been, uh, it's been a very uh, tough past couple of months for me, just moving and stuff, a lot of personal stuff. But uh, I f- can finally say this. I finally feel relaxed. I finally feel uh, settled into my new house. And uh, things are getting yeah. better at work. Yeah. And, uh, uh, this is your first podcast in the new place, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it feels see. just like my home. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Hope you all are staying safe. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Hey, how are we supposed to tell them that the guest is Amelie again?